What is happening, beautiful people? It's your host, Mr. D713 with Everything Culture, the podcast for all cultures, the podcast with the purpose. Our mission statement comes in the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And that is he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other and they don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, we have miscommunication. So this platform has been built on the pillars of respect, communication and consistency so we get to know each other so we can love one another. We have a segment called The Makings of You, where we have our guests to come on and we have a one-on-one conversation with them. And we ask them about their childhood, their upbringing, their perspective on life and points of view. Then they come back on with a panel of all our other guests and we have a discussion about hair, makeup, child welfare, beauty standards, you name it. All things to deal with culture and things to deal with life because that's how we can have growth, conversation, and understanding. Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Make sure to follow and subscribe. Also go to our website where you can find the rest of our content as well as our merchandise at everythingculture.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, IG, as well as TikTok. We're all over. But we want to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you for your love. And if you'd like to be a guest, make sure to go to our website at everythingculture.com and go to contact and leave your information and we will follow up with you soon. Thank you so much. God bless. Peace. Just to let you know, this podcast will include some controversial topics, okay? May not be suitable for the workplace, may not be suitable for people that are in your Lyft or your Uber, okay? Don't want you to have a bad review, but we're talking about topics most people don't want to discuss, um, topics that might be triggering for those who have experienced the history of what we're talking about. And just know, you can always put in your headphones, you can always Bluetooth it, or you can always wait till you're in your vehicle or in your home or in your office solo. Either way, we appreciate you listening. Am I speaking at all? We back. We in it. What's up, y'all? Just slightly coordinate in the earth tones. Uh, Hold on. I mean, mine is in my closet. Um, one time I will wear it. It's not, it's not cold enough now. Hey, it is in the 50s and the 60s over here in the Pacific Northwest. So we right there. We right there. It, it, it is official hoodie season. I wish. It was, it's, it's warm now. I got the air on right now. But uh, mm-hmm. welcome back to She Gets It Pod and a... Everything culture. Collab. And uh, this is episode three being twice as good because that is a topic that we could touch on all levels mm. i'm shan and that's and drake. i'm drake you know what i'm saying check out everything culture podcast and if you haven't stop find the podcast subscribe and share the podcast because we appreciate it okay greatly and um we're talking about beautiful blackness on this episode mm. And with that, we have to talk about this this backpack that Black people carry in America, this um, note that's like embedded in our minds from our parents, from our grandparents, from our aunts, from our uncles, from the teacher that feels like we're the brightest in school, that's why they keep calling on us, um, Mm -hmm. from that manager that believes in you just wants to challenge you all the time. So they add a little bit onto what you got going on in a workplace. Um, The way that you dress yourself as a black American uh, in this country, the way that you carry yourself in public, how when you're upset, you have to be mindful of how upset you are, what you look like, what energy you're giving off your facial expressions, what you do with your hands, um, 
and your grades going back to being a kid how mindful you have to be about your grades and your clothes being ironed for the weekend you know looking a certain way and presenting yourself a certain way and making sure this and that and sometimes it's a great thing to build integrity and sometimes it's something where it just makes black people very anxious when everybody else is relaxed in a place or a school or an environment and you're always just ready for something to be an issue so being twice as good so when uh you hear that what are your thoughts on being twice as good we have to be twice as good do you think positive things from that drake or do you think negative things or do you think it's just something that you're just used to hearing that you just know and it's okay or do you think we need to move away from that and be fair so what's up y'all so and thank you shan that was a great prompt into this conversation but my opinion on being twice as good to be black you have to be twice as good that's what I don't like is that you have to be twice as good to just be treated normally here in society in American culture and it's that was taught to me in the 90s and in the 2000s it was taught to my parents in the 70s it was taught to my grandparents in the 30s okay um it's frustrating because I still see it to this day and then and I have to still tell my nephews and my nieces and my cousins that you're going to have to work harder to be treated. And I see it in the workplace that I'm in, like every, in just the workplace in general. We still see it in sports. Mm-hmm. To, and that's why I say I don't, I believe that to the point we, I wish we could just be quote unquote mediocre. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the, I don't, I'm not a fan of the woman in most parts, but is it Omarosa made a statement that on another white woman's, um, talk show this is about 10 years back that she Omarosa stated all her accomplishments and I don't have my own talk show but you being a mediocre white woman you have your own platform and talk show on daytime television mm-hmm. and the people booed but like the audience booed but a lot of things black people was like yeah we feel that we yeah. see that something came out today about Simone Biles it's not just here in America. We're talking about specifically America, but it was mentioned that she just makes stuff look difficult, but she doesn't fit the aesthetic. Yeah. Simone Biles bust her butt. She's the greatest ever done it. She works hard. She practiced. And she, they still want to minimize her because of who she is and what she looks like. Yeah. If somebody else done it. And that's the frustrating thing. And, I, and, I, and it, it, it kind of builds self-hate within ourselves for us to dismiss one another just for living our life and being quote unquote mediocre normal people when you have the absolute human American right to do so as well. That's the struggle that I have with it. I wish I can just wake up and, you know, chill. I wish I can wake up and just do my job halfway at work, but it doesn't work that way. I have to give more than my all. We work late. We do. And, and it's stressful and it's stressful, but I don't want, but when something I don't do personally, and I've learned to stop doing that is putting that pressure on everyone else. Mm. Now, when I have children and, you know, my nephew, I, I'm, I tell my nephews and nieces, yeah, that's what you want to do to get where we're at, but you don't have to do it. You know, you don't have to do it You because once again, but if you want these certain things, unfortunately, yeah, you still got to do that. You got to set yourself apart than other people. And you see your um, counterparts of other ethnicities or basically white people be direct because it's not like that and only in the black community. That's why I'll be clear. You know, it's everything culture here. Yeah. But we're talking about black people right now. And it's been shown over history and still to this day in the 2020s that we still have to work twice as hard we have to practice twice as hard. We have to be kind and do it with a smile on our face.
and it because you mentioned just walking down the street today i, I was I, ta- I talked to you earlier Shane, right before this episode i was not in the best of moods okay and i had to be mindful it's always like in the back of your head you're still a black person not only I'm a black man, I'm a muscular black man, I'm a bald and bearded black man. Things that people may find attractive to me, attractive to them, other people may find as a danger. Aggressive. When I'm upset, I'm automatically a threat. That's the scary thing about it. So it's not only that I have to work hard, I have to train hard, but I'll have to be cautious and walk on eggshells as well. And being here in Seattle, you know, some black people feel different than that. Mm-hmm. I'm from Texas. I know the process that people may look at you and the dangers that we have potentially. Right. You know, just for being who we are. But as far as just keeping it from, from being an athlete, and I don't I'm just share a comparison. It, it, it's kind of like when you see just with dancing, oh, we could forget all that. Bring it back to just social media. The dances and the creativity we put into the things that we do is amazing. We like, we make it happen. We the sauce, you know, don't drown it. But then we see other people on the timeline, you know, I'm going to say directly, you know, some white folks, they do like the bare minimum and they get hella traction, followers, brand deals. And don't tag the originator see, see, no, no i'm not even talking about because i was going to get on that i'm talking about for just doing average stuff yeah but they would take what we we performed and created mm-hmm. and then they would get the credit for it mm-hmm. and it's frustrating and we and it's been people we've spoken out about it I remember it was a trend and on one of my one of the people I follow still do it. She just get on TikTok and she said, I'm just gonna do basic stuff as a black girl. I'm not I'm just so she just <laughs> put it. the caption, number one, black, basic stuff as a black girl, eating chips. She color her, and it's not about 15, 30 seconds. And she got it from it's a, it's quite a few white women do that, and they get numbers, traction. Mm. I realize even with my own content, when I don't show what I look like, if I have the camera turned outwards, mm-hmm. oh, my my videos do a lot more number, a lot more. Unless I bring in the beard, I'm doing something with my beard. But other than that, just like we have to try harder in our in our work, our education, to run in politics, to it's it's across the board, and I'm not it's get it's gotten a bit better because people we but we have to put it in your face. It's to the point we still have to say it, you know, even with my position right now, like I, I can toot my horn a lot and I usually don't, but I know I bust my butt. I know I have the type of value in the organization and I'm like, pay me. Cause I see you have other people and other people are very mediocre in their job and they're in positions they shouldn't be in, but I'm just fine. I'm just curious. A lot how did of they people get I work with are like that. And I'm just like, how did they get this job? You know what I'm saying? How do you handle certain accounts of importance and you don't know the legal terms of things in the account? Um, oh, but- and, and I bring and I stop. one thing that bothers me because it's happening when we're being called overqualified then for positions we will apply for. That is the most condescending and disrespectful thing to do yes. to a person of color, a yes. black person, to be specific. That bothers me so much. What do you mean? Yeah, I wouldn't apply for this if I wouldn't. <sighs> I digress. It's kind of like, and and I had to stop applying to jobs due to that because I was seeing a trend in response, and especially like I said, okay, well, let me apply for the same job I'm doing for the last four and a half years. Yeah, and it will always come back we went with someone more qualified or with more experience and um i had to stop because i'm just like i'm not going to add in fluff i'm not going to take away the fact that i have a degree to make someone to hire me feel like if we hire her 
she's going to want to stay here so bad that she'll accept anything and we don't have to worry about her wanting to get in a higher position or work somewhere else. And I don't even like when people see people um, as I'm only comfortable around this person if they're underneath me. And that's what it gives. It gives I'm only comfortable with this person if they know less. I'm only comfortable with the, around this person if they're less experienced, so I could feel more superior. And that's hard to hear after you bust your butt to not do all the fun things that you know your your teenage friends were doing when you were in the house doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe you were studying more. Maybe you were practicing more so you can make sure you you got that scholarship and your parents didn't have to come out of pocket to pay for school and um maybe the reason why you want to bust your butt for so long is because that's all you knew your parents weren't into you playing sports your parents were academics and coming from a caribbean household it's academics that they're more on they don't care about you playing soccer especially if you're not a boy see but the thing is in a black household it don't matter in like in my household it don't matter what you're doing you're going to have to try twice as hard you're yeah. going to have to grind not saying I, and, I, and once again i'm not um taking away uh, we said in our intro episode we're not taking away from anybody else in their culture but right. in, in, in our community if we we know we have to come out and be smarter harder faster stronger and we got and we still we have to still be kind like it's such the stress that's put on us at an early age to be successful and it's historically known from that and it, once again let, let's talk about Deion sanders mm. okay look what he's doing right now and he said how he has raised his kids and the kids that he's coaching at the moment you have to be better you have to come out stronger he 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 he's, he pushes his kids he had to push himself and even he still have to push himself right now to be respected at a certain light that he's going to be better he better than a lot of other coaches out there yeah but he has they to gave, they gave him to, to do that they're still giving him hell and they're yeah. waiting for him to fail yeah waiting for him to fail and because and the thing is and like how we can hurt ourselves with that do you understand the type of doors he's trying to open by leading by example? Mm -hmm. He's like, what the discussion we're having right now got to be twice as good. He is showing everyone that how good we are truly are that we're destined to be. And it's been noticed, it's been said before by white coaches that we can be mediocre. We just have to create this. So we have to create this system and keep them down. But if, if they come in and do better and they shown us how better they are in this and they put it on the the the, the, the national level, they're gonna have to open the doors for us. Right. Because you now made the space bigger. You so and you you put the spotlight on it. You you yeah. you shine that spotlight right on it. Like what yeah. do you gotta say about it now? Yeah. And and, and it's stressful because you see we've seen it. We see it. Like, I don't know if you watch sports and stuff like that. We see it right in front of us. Mm -hmm. We we are very direct, and but we already know it. Uh, it it's it's like police brutality. Mm -hmm. We we know that it happens. Right. So the thing is, and when other people see it, it's like, duh, <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's like we we we're we're sharing that we go through this work, but how do we treat each other about it? That's why I, when I look at, and I'm gonna say this, and and just be mindful. So one network that I hate is Zeus. I cannot stand the Zeus network, okay? Because it's messy and it's drama. It's not good for my community, in my opinion, okay? And I'm very outspoken about it. And because I come from that, we have to work twice as hard. We have to create this image. Um, I'm with, I'm with folks, I ain't gonna argue and fight with my sister, my brother in front of these white folks, okay? We can have a disagreement, but we're gonna have to have it in front of them. Okay. Yeah. Someone said, and I, I think I tweeted something about can't stand like this, all these problems and all that. And um, one of my mutuals, Candace, 
expressed that I, I she, she said I look forward to we get today that we can have this dumb fun and with crazy stuff without having had an expectation to be better and I was like ooh mm, how to how to look at myself real quick listen we you know? like you know like as a child you go in the store and you may see a child of another culture acting a fool and without saying your mom ain't had to tell you, you better not. Your dad didn't have to tell you, your grandma. It's just a look. And you're just amazed. Like, oh my God, they get to do that. And they still get the candy. They get to do that. And they still get the toy. Hey, some I of us, of but we, mm, 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 mm. we don't, hey, that, and that kind of thing, we kind of, because we've made progress. Yeah. We've made progress. And that's the thing. What does progress look like for everyone? Yeah. Because I done seen some of us cut the fool in the stove. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It must be nice. And, and the thing is, it's like, right. you know, and that, like, is that what we're working towards to have that type of freedom? Yeah. You know, like that, that's, we got to be mindful of what we're working towards as well. Is that, like, is that the type of comfortability that we can, do we want that? Like, like I, um, uh, uh, as, a, as a mom, as a mom, my kids wear uniform to go to school. Uniforms, okay. The uniforms are not cheap. They um, ain't. And when they come home, they know like you need to take off your uniform, put it in the hamper, and just put on whatever you want to wear. This mm. not uniforms, and I make it a point not to say your play clothes or take off your good clothes you know what i'm saying mm. because i heard that growing up with my mom and my grandma and um i look outside and there's this boy that lives in the cul-de-sac that goes to the same school as the girls and he just on his scooter going around and around the circles with his uniform on <laughs> just like no but maybe your parents, because he's biracial, they're just like, whatever, you know? But I didn't grow up being able to play in my uniform. See, see right there, that's culture. Once again, yeah. this everything culture. Because yeah. in my household, um, African American black household. If we went, it was a certain point that we had uniform. We can play in that uniform, but mm -hmm. your good clothes was your clothes you got at home. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got to a certain age. You, you, you ain't supposed to have your, you know, your church clothes on. That's that's right. your best. Okay. Your socks. My brother used to get. Oh, you used to socks. slide across that floor on your church socks <laughs> and all that. We used to yeah. wear. We used to. This this between us. I used to put on my grandma. We used to not just me, but we used to put on my grandma wigs and then get no. some church socks on, act like we were James Brown, like do the whole the, the mashed potato. Good. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. Good. Maybe James Brown for Halloween. I gotta figure out if I'm gonna be something for Halloween. But anyway, I digress. Um it's to that point that like Jordans and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Are we? Ooh, is that gonna be a conversation? We put yeah. a lot of emphasis on brands, materialism, yeah, with a whole lot of that on us, and that's why I say you can go play in them that the, the clothes because we're getting our uniforms from Target, Walmart. You know, you could have your blue. What is it? What was my? What was the colors? You could wear a blue or white, white polo, khaki, khaki shorts and Hello. pants, and but you could wear whatever shoes you want to. Okay. Yeah. But you don't wear your good shoes at school because you can mess your good shoes up at school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's it's really that that's more of a culture breakdown of how we look at how how you was raised in your household and what type of um income level did you have income did you have in your household too? Mm -hmm. Because how like and that's another thing. I was cussed at. I was cussed out as a child. I got whoopings and things. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm gonna do the same thing with my kids. Uh, I have them, you know, because I'm in a different way of life and you know different houses and things things are different but you're, you're i think you and your wife are more emotionally aware 
of how to handle a situation other than physical. I think a lot of our parents just knew physically let me show you better than I can tell you because you're a child. You need to be in a child's place. Um, as a parent, for me, I feel like it's my job to educate my child for the well-being of their survival and also discipline them, but let them know why. Question. Have you ever got a whooping because of a report card? No. Oh, I haven't either, but I've seen them happen. <laughs> I was smart. Like, the, I, once again, I was what? always that... I was always I was in the um I was in the book of all honors kids in high all through high school. So that is never a thing. It was it was threatened though. Because uh, yeah. I was an A B student, okay? I was A or B student. I like in my whole lifetime, through like well, when I was talking about from grade school, so from like kindergarten to um graduate from high school, 12th grade. I've made maybe two C's on report cards, maybe two C's, and one failing grade was a 69. And it was because I was that. Oh, because it was it was that was more of a that was more of a beef with a teacher thing. She was trying to make an example, raggedy ass woman. Um but the point I'm making is um the education was big in my household. Once you get that, you got it. You better come with it. Mm. You better. Like, it was a threat. Mm. And I thought mine was bad until I was going to school with other black kids. And one girl, she got a B and she broke. She had a whole panic attack in front of me. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you got a B. Right. What? Look, Whitney, I cannot think of Whitney's last name, but her first name was Whitney. I'm talking about full breakdown, but Whitney's a doctor now. Mm. you feel me mm -hmm. and, and it, it's one of those things how much your parents push you you know how, and, I, and I know my parents even though my, my grandparents didn't have nothing past a sixth grade ed education my grandpa only had a sixth grade education and then he was just, just being a man hey and but he said you better know how to read and you better know how you know how to read and count that's his main thing know your math and know your, your I mean know your arithmetic and know your language arts. That's the main thing. Because you know how to read these contracts and you know how to add this and count your money. That's the main thing he put, pushed us for. And I understand what they went through, what they've been through. And he had to work twice as hard. He was a black man in East Texas starting a business around a lot of segregation, Jim Crow, um, you name it. Yeah. Even So when he had kids and then grandkids, it was the focus of we have to be better. Right. And that that push, even when I came around, came along, like it, it meant a lot. Cause even like now, I we talk about the stress of being quote unquote better. How do we turn it off? How do we take care of ourselves? Mm -hmm. And how to like to continually do it without breaking down, without burning out. You know, mm -hmm. that is something we have to focus on too. Because it's hard doing that when you're doing it by yourself, if, I, if I'm making sense. So, but then being that twice as good, like, it, and, but still being considered, everybody's not going to be on that level at the same time, you know? Like, I was a fat kid. I didn't run twice as hard on the track. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. I'm going to read and I'm going to do, I'm going to, you know, work on my mouth problems and stay out after the class and all that. But when it came to running and eating better, I ain't going to give my all on that. And yeah. I recognize that. But you have some people and it, that in black culture and especially American, it's just like some things, if you want to make it to certain levels in the workforce or in athletics, you have to be noticeably better. When other yeah. people don't have to like just stand out and they still get this and the pay me saying that's my thing pay me for the work i'm putting out yeah so on on that like i have down here like working harder working longer than your counterparts and then mm -hmm. coming in the next day acting like we are all on the same level we are all pulling the same weight on the team i think small things like that 
and holding that in and knowing when you can leave and decompress from that before you go home and bring that energy to your family mm. or um I, I don't i think it's a major issue on how black people decompress period um do we decompress in a healthy way is it with healthy food do we drink do we feel like we need to smoke how is that helping us you know do um i i Get you some cool, <laughs> cool one hundreds or Newport no, like no, hey, no, no, Get man. you some Hennessy. That's what the pro- that when you get off work, when you driving home, that's what they we used to see those billboards. Like, hey, y'all go watch they clone Tyrone. Um, <laughs> but that's what we used to see those yeah. menthols that keep you cool and get you Hennessy. Those get you addicted to these things that's going to yeah. end your life earlier. Yeah, and it's just like we need a positive outlook and an outlet to be able to get that off. A lot of um a lot of black Americans are known for getting home and sitting in their car for an hour. You know? And um I know we're not the only ones that do yeah. it, but I have a lot of family members that do it. That's just a thing. Yeah, my mom is home, but she's in the car. Or, you know, that's where they call me from to tell me about their day. And then they start their next shift and their next shift is everybody that's in the house. And Mm. then, you know, by the time they fall asleep, they might fall asleep in their work clothes and they wake up tomorrow and they do it again and they do it again. So even that can lead to health issues in us. Um, I'm very happy with our generation because we're, we're going to therapy, we're exercising, we're eating differently, even though our family refuses to change how they eat, we're taking it upon ourselves, okay, well, my family's going to eat like this, and no, we might not be coming this year for Thanksgiving, and this is what I'm cooking for Thanksgiving, I know your grandma will cook food and food and food on top of food and put it in the fridge, I'm not doing that, I got to tell the girls that here all the time, and I is like, well, it kind of makes sense because if you cook this and you cook that, then you won't have to cook when when we're hungry and it'll just be in the fridge. No, no, I'm not doing it, you know? And it's, it's that pushback that sometimes is harder with a generation that's stuck doing things a certain way. Um, when I'm it comes part to of that like- generation, y'all. I just want y'all to know that, <laughs> like, I for the people who are not able to see my face right now, um, yeah. I'm the generation Shannon is talking about because I look forward to my dressing. I look forward to my ham. I look forward to the cranberry sauce. I look forward to my Greenberg turkey. And I look for them leftovers for the next three, perhaps four days. Okay. I am that. I am that is still part of my culture. Okay. And and I, I, everything Shannon, I, I respect everything Shannon is saying. And if Shan, if Shan's kids, if y'all hear me, if y'all want to come over for Thanksgiving with my family, y'all would love it. I promise you would. And I'm not somebody, I'm not against leftovers, but I'm not cooking something new when there's food in the fridge. I refuse. Eat that. And then I'll cook, you know, I might season something and cook it for the next day. And um, just getting new habits. And honestly, when it comes to Black people in a workplace, um, being unrepresented in a small gathering or in a workplace, and you're always looked at to talk about Black issues because that's your culture, that in itself sometimes is like, uh, but who told you I wanted to do it, you know? Um, and it's kind of frustrating because sometimes people don't want to hear about black culture from somebody that's not of that culture. But at the same time, if you're the only black person in that workplace, you don't want to carry that every time for every meeting, every gathering. So who should? I feel like in order to broaden it and make it so people are comfortable having that knowledge, I feel like it's okay for someone who is not of that culture to talk about it as long as they're correctly knowledgeable about it. Then who, so me, 
everything culture. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I'm that person, I don't like hearing from people that don't know. Even if you part of it. What do you think I'm about to bring up, Shan? Um, the diversity. Mm, Juneteenth. Oh, okay, mm. okay, Juneteenth. Oh, oh. <laughs> so first of all, shout out to my uh, current organization. They asked me to talk about Juneteenth in 2020, my first year there. Yeah. Like, because we were talking about just holidays and how we're going to celebrate a weekend. I said, I'm looking forward to Juneteenth. And someone like, can you tell us about Juneteenth? We don't know much about it. This is before people started really talking about it. Oh, mm-hmm. say less. I got a whole podcast about Juneteenth. I got this talking about it. Juneteenth mm-hmm. is something I've been celebrating since I was a baby, since my parents was alive, since my grandparents were alive. They, Juneteenth is part of my culture. And I explained every Black person didn't celebrate Juneteenth, okay? But Juneteenth, it, it sparked up, became a national holiday again, um, started having heavy flow. And I started hearing people, not only white people, Black people that don't know a damn thing about Juneteenth talk about Juneteenth. My family talk about that. And I'm like, uh, who are you talking about this holiday I've been celebrating all my life and I've been discriminated <laughs> against because I celebrated? Who are you? What do you know about it? And then when I'm telling them and educating them about it, they, t- you know, they're trying to educate people. And I'm like, you got that wrong. We'll be right back with today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. The way people today are under so much pressure socially, mentally, and emotionally, they need more help than a friend or family can extend. We should care about ourselves just as much as we set aside time and space to hear others' issues, problems, and challenges. We all have life challenges, but If you don't have someone to talk to, BetterHelp will work with you through therapy, providing affordable care you can count on in a professional way. If you contact www.betterhelp.com slash she gets it, you can get started today and enjoy 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. Get the help that you need to help you think through all of today's issues, problems, anxiety, self-esteem, depression, grief, illnesses, phobias, relationship issues. If you just need someone to talk to in those late nights, those early mornings, in the middle of the day when everyone else is working, BetterHelp is there to provide you assistance. Don't neglect yourself with everything that's going on today. We all have life challenges. Do not be ashamed of it. BetterHelp is there to help. Now back to the show. Thank you for checking out She Gets It Pod. If you would like to support this podcast, you can always donate at our host, Red Circle, at redcircle.com or the link in the show notes. You can also find the BetterHelp uh, link in the show notes. And you can support by purchasing anything you would like off of She Gets It Shop with Teespring. Now back to the show. got that wrong and try to get upset but you did you can't just make stuff up yeah like and i tell them when i and a lot of people especially up here in the pacific northwest that are not very um religion or church focused i tell them like it was christianity focused like juneteenth started in the church mm-hmm. it started in the church mm-hmm. you can't leave that out right. you know and they'll try to so when we're talking about allowing people to share things that's going back to that twice as hard pay me for me to pay me for me talking about it though if <clears throat> everything culture was created to educate people about other people's cultures from their perspective yeah. that's why i try to bring people on just it don't have to be me talking about it i got somebody from new orleans to come in and speak about new orleans history Shan, if she want to speak about Philly, if she was, like I'm not a mother, I'd rather have mothers come on and talk about being a mother. Yeah. So I know it's a little bit more work, but I'm gonna give you that credit. I'm gonna give you that recognition. And once I get to the point to start paying folks, I'm gonna start paying for you doing the work too. And workplaces, they need to start doing that. I'd rather know someone's getting paid 
that represents that culture and know and, like, and have a lived experience or learn a real learned experience about it. Prefer for once again, preferably learn experience rather than hearing that somebody else talking about it, no matter how you look at it. That's my perspective and my suggestion. Yeah. Pay me. Um, now. I also want people to think about this, how uh, let's say a city like New York, how a lot of kids in New York grow up more independent-minded, um, adult-minded from the way that they have to go to school. You know, you live in this side of the city. It is up to you by your parents to make sure you get up at this time, leave the apartment at this time, lock the door, have everything you need, get on the bus, take it to the train, switch to this train, get to school and be there on time and have everything you need to come up with grades, leave school, go to where you need to go to, go pick up your sibling, take the train, take the bus, get home, help them with their homework, cook dinner, and I should be home by then. So a lot of kids in a city, they get their independence a bit early depending on what their parents can provide. Fast forward, you can have a wealthier family where you have a driver that's going to take you to school. You don't deal with the bus. You don't deal with the train. You get dropped but off. You get picked up. You you just see, that's what I was, I was going to say, but you just touched on it. It's yeah. not about city. It's not about city living. I'm from the country. I'm from Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, other than taking the train, we're everything you said was the same thing. I'm telling you. You, and you I had to feed the chickens and the and the dogs outside. Okay, <laughs> hey, straight up the chickens. I think uh, when I was really young, we had goats and all that. But those were you had responsibilities. That comes from poverty. <laughs> like, like, and not saying like you having those responsibilities, meaning you don't have money. Because there's some people that have responsibility on kids. Now that that shift in the conversation being twice as good too. But think, they, okay, think about all of those things, right? And think mm -hmm. about how the expectation of how a child is supposed to be in a classroom as far as academics and attention with the child that all I had to do is wake up, get dressed, and get in the car and just be I was, here. I, was, I still made better grades than a lot of folks like that because it was the expectation of responsibility. And that's what I'm saying. Now, it, it, and that's a unique thing. Like, shout out to my homeboy. You know, shout out. I, I ain't even gonna name no names, you know. He spoiled. Yeah. Mama and daddy work. Yeah. You know, he got whatever he wanted. Was his parents strict about academics? Well, they were strict, but he still got well, what what what's considered strict. They pushed it, but they he still got everything he wanted. Mm. I I was like, I went without a lot, but my I knew what he would get in trouble. His mother would show up to the school. He would get whoopings and all that, but he just didn't care. Mm. He didn't have the amount of responsibilities I had, though. Yeah. That's the thing. I was taught responsibility. Yeah. Like one of the questions on the making is you, what was your first sense of responsibility? I had one of my guests come on the show and tell me, I still don't know. And this man in his 50s. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? You know, but the unique thing is, but when I went to school, I know school was a responsibility. I knew that was something I had to handle. Like when I when I remember, I remember hearing this like it was two hours ago. Boy, you ain't got no job. Your job is to take your ass to class and get that work done. That's how school was for my brothers in Jamaica. Like your parents paid for you to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Your job is to get up and get there and do what you're supposed to do and get back on time right up so knowing that that was an understanding responsibility and i know it, it's hard to say like but i know i had food but mm -hmm. some, you know and not every time let me take that back when i was younger been through some things mm -hmm. but when you what you listen out being from city to the country it's some it's some of the same things but it's the the mindset of resources because let's say if you got two parents and they both bring in income you're going to have more resources you have more resources most likely you can have more options more options you're going to have of course more ability to make the choices to you know go different spots mistakes 
too. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I say. And mistakes, agreed, agreed. And it's so unique. Like that's what I say with my kids. Like you know how we live in. Hey, y'all still got to bust y'all butt. Right. Why that? Because you know you can say you say, and I'm saying it's building character. Yeah. It's going to help you more. My auntie started made me empty her uh, aquarium. Have you ever emptied an aquarium? And like, yeah. I'm talking about a big joint. I ain't yeah. talking about like a little one. I'm talking yeah. about like one of them eighty pound yeah. joints. You know, the ones that you can't move get... with half half a tank in it. It's too heavy. Yeah. Yeah, you have to completely. Man, do you know how to siphon? Do you know how to siphon? I siphon gas and water. You know how nasty that could be. I have it to my brother and a whole bunch of buzz and one in his mouth. You gotta be quick. Yeah. Drop that thing. You got to make sure nothing getting. You go right when you feel that, hear that, that noise. He comes. You gotta drop it out. Yeah. There's life lessons that you learn. Okay, like when did you learn how to? I learned. My mom used to tell me she didn't want to pay for the plumber. You get under that sink. You learn. What, pay attention to that plumber. Yeah. If somebody come out work on a car, you go and pay attention to that. Yeah. Like my auntie same way. Like all these things that I was taught to learn. Because it was to save money in the future and it make me a better man than I am today. It wasn't fun doing it, but that that and that, that's that's a black experience, but I believe that's also a poverty experience too. Yeah. A necessity that a lot of other cultures don't see as a necessity because it should be somebody there to be able to do it. But um I have a question for you. While doing my research with this topic, have you heard of black fatigue? I have an episode about um it's it's not black fatigue, it's racial battle fatigue to be exact. Okay. So the way that they describe this is as um living under an invisible but strong white judgment that's mm-hmm. expressed. Yes. So um just by being black. Yeah. You should be in therapy, you should be in counseling, because you're just gonna be strong out because of systematic oppression that's being placed above you. Yes. Yes. season two ah, episode seven episode eight i think mm, that man remembers um i think uh my mom my aunts my brothers uh they know that there's a certain way you speak when you're talking to certain individuals i remember as a child being able to know who my mom was talking to on the phone if she picked up the phone she's like hello she's talking to somebody to pay bills she's talking to somebody you're talking about code switching continue yes yes. and then um as soon as she hung up the phone didn't i tell you and i was like yeah like she knows now she ever hit that no never she never hit that she never hit that oh proper thank you man i'll be getting that today with my wife i'm talking my bad No, we always kind of figure who she was talking to by her tone, but even the idea of, you know, having a tone or who you're speaking to or putting on this sound if you're talking to this person, at at what level do you have to ask yourself, okay, if my child is watching me, am I helping or am I holding back something? Do I explain this to him or when do you explain this to him? Um, I don't I don't have a switch when I talk to people. Now. Yes, you do. Do I? I don't notice yes, you it. Do. Yeah, you may. Yes, you do. Like, I, I'm a call, I call in cap. Yes, you do. Um, I've seen you do it. Like, I've heard you and Kyle. You you had the same cater, but you switch. You know your prof- it's your professional voice and your relaxed voice. You got several different episodes. You sound different from um, Cozy Wound than you do from She Gets It. You do. Oh, of course. Yeah. See, look. Oh, of course. Duh. You have it. Because I'm talking about something different. It's a different... It's a different... <laughs> so, uh... See, if see this... You, we're going to... We're, we're stepping into a different topic right now. Yeah. This is code switching. Code mm-hmm. switching is a whole different mindset and culture. And it and it's true. And I, I it's a clip from Loudmouth. I love Loudmouth, by the way. Yeah. And they talk about like code switching. And somebody, you know, and a lot of black people don't like code switching. I don't code switch. Shut yeah. up. Um code switching is for survival. 
It is. Yeah. Code switching is I'm I'm very good at code switching. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't always do it. And I blend in because I'm still you still gotta be you at the end of the day. Right. But even the way you dress, even with your kids, how they go to school is not how they may go to the grocery store. How they may go to church, man, not how they go to the club. We all code switch one way or another from our dress, from our tone to what we the word. I curse. Do I curse in every spot? No. I don't curse around my elders. The way I talk to my elders is not the way I talk to you. You know, mm-hmm. I code switch. That is, it's for it's survival. But if I have to um, sit up straight, right? Once again, at my work, I, mean, I wear this hoodie at work. I wear a hoodie like at my current. But I know when I'm in an interview, I'm going to have to code switch a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'll do, I don't know how, once again, I don't know how often white people may have to code switch. But me being black, and I know other ethnic, but me being black, I know I have to code switch and... I don't like that. That's an, I'm trying to eliminate code switching for that, but no, I don't think if I think I was a different ethnicity, I think I would still code switch to a sense because it's once again, you're trying to like what you're saying. Why do you code switch from cozy room compared to um, she gets it? Cause you're trying to attract or persuade a certain audience of people. Yeah. You're trying to reach a different um, platform. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, about this what would be the solution Uh, i think when it comes to black people in america um i think learning how to honor ourselves will help us you know with this mindset of um working twice as hard or being twice as good um say learning to say no would help us ease this sometimes being willing to think about our health first you know just because you can do these things doesn't mean you need to do all 10 things today because such and such is counting on you um taking your pto would help a lot of black people when it comes to you feeling the impact of having to be twice as good uh spending your time with family not talking on the phone when you go on vacation, you don't have your laptop in your hand. You, you're not worried about something being due on Monday. Um, setting boundaries with people in the workplace, boundaries with people in public, um, boundaries sometimes with your family, uh, where, you know, some of my family that I grew up with, they might see the girl's hair out and say, when you go to comb your baby's hair, I feel like this mindset, especially when it comes to a lot of Caribbean families is your hair is only presentable when it's straightened or it's pulled back. Um, when you have your hair out, it's just like, it's too much. And in a lot of, in a lot of places, I mean, UPS, what was that like four years ago? They just made it okay for um, people to have their locks worn with their uniform. A lot of schools. There's still- a law in Texas just passed that I uh, forget the name of the law that you can discriminate. Because don't forget, in the county I come, in the city I come from, well, the town I lived in in Texas, Pearland, they were the school that um, they the school the teachers colored in a, a boy's part in his head, like with a black market, the white teachers to be exact. And I, I wasn't the same one, but just don't forget about the black boy that had dreads and he was wrestling that made him cut his hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it happens, but it's unique that when I hear when you talk about Caribbean um, culture, you know, Black Caribbean culture, when they, they're still catching up, you know, yeah. because it's to the point like, because it was the same thing in the Black culture. You got to straighten it. But I can hear one skin, you know, a lot of shout out to Chris Rock for um, good hair. Yeah, when he talked about that, like with the perming of the hair, all these different things. And like, I love that you cut your hair and you're letting it grow out, you know? That is a big thing, loving your natural hair and embracing our beauty standards. Yeah. Our beauty standards. What we naturally are. I feel like I would be this contradiction of a mom to wash my hair, blow dry my hair, straighten my hair, 
and then feel like, okay, now we can go. When both of my girls have natural curly hair, well, that question is going to come up. Do we have to straighten our hair? Why do you have to straighten your hair? You know what I'm saying? And I just want them to grow up feeling comfortable as who they are instead of having them make yourself fit into these boxes of acceptance outside. Um, now, if they grow up and they want to straighten their hair, cool, but it's not something you have to do in order yeah. to be ready. And, um, and I think that goes back to the very beginning of this when it was asked about my feelings about the being twice as good. I don't want to have to be twice as good. Yeah. I want it to be a choice. If yeah. I choose to do better, if I choose to stay late, if I choose to do this, to take steps and I'm getting compensated more for it or recognized more for it, that's what I want. I don't want to have to do twice as good to get the bare or the basic as everybody else. Mm -hmm. That's in the same thing with hair. I don't want to have to know like ooh, ooh, something like shave my beard but I don't think anybody grow beard but it is like it's so many different things that is just part of me that come out of me naturally like skin we I don't know we could talk about skin bleaching we don't have that somebody there's people that still they do you you can Caribbean do it people, I have family you know? members that still do that but the thing is some yeah. of them feel like they have to do it to be recognized yeah. um what's a pinky doll here on tiktok yeah. Look at the that reckon no matter what, she was um skin whitening either naturally or through artificial intelligence to get to a point. Did she have to do it or was it a choice? Yeah. Mm. And even like the staying, this idea that you have to stay longer or you have to do this, or just because you were doing that, this expectation is just for you to be the only one that has to do that. I think Black people need to get to a point in America where those who assume we're going to do more because they're just used to you doing more, you show them the first three letters of the word assume and you go about your business. But you know, it's not only the first three letters. You assume we make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, me. I say I I did overtime, but it's, I'm not gonna do overtime every time. And um, there's joy in saying no. There's peace in saying no. And no, with no explanation, is all you need sometimes. Oh, my my response how to make change is to demand recognition. Continue to advocate for self. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this work, on the main thing you have to do is advocate for yourself because a lot of this change can't come from you. It has to come from others. Right. But you got to stay in your bounds. Stay in your ground. Stand yeah. up. <laughs> yes. And that is it. That is uh, episode three. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure, y'all. Shan, thank you. The folks who's listening right now and watching right now, thank you. As always, you know, this is a pleasure. And we got a few more episodes, well, quite a few more episodes coming throughout this series. So we greatly urge you all to like, share, comment, and support. Make sure to check out She Gets a Pod on all platforms with Shan being the hardest working woman in podcasting. And make sure to check out Everything Culture. That's an A, not an I. It's no I in Everything Culture, all right? I'm country, and I speak through it thoroughly. And anywhere you find us, um, from YouTube to Spotify to Good Pods to Podbean, I can keep going down the list. We are out there, okay? And I'm going to end it on our mission statement, which is which come from the words of Dr. Martin King Jr. that he's preached that he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, we have miscommunication. So as always, God bless. We appreciate y'all. Chop it up with y'all later. Peace. What is the Black impact in this whole thing right now being 
twice as good and setting that as like the foundation or like the goal or the reach it sounds good but I think in the long run it doesn't allow black children growing into black adults to be in the moment or feel happy about where they are they always feel like there's the next race and the next race and the next race and the next race and feeling like there's always something else I cannot be you know overly uh proud or uh be fulfilled in this thing because I have to be better than I did for this thing that you guys are proud of me it it's it can become toxic and I I being a mom I don't want to be uh, someone who doesn't show gratitude to my children when they achieve certain things because I'm always looking for the next better or the next um big thing that they're going to do it's it's uh the it can become depleting so I'm not raising my children on being twice as good than the others quote-unquote I'm raising them with the knowledge of the low expectations other cultures and ethnicities will have on them because of their skin. So they have that knowledge. But it doesn't mean that your best is not good enough. It doesn't mean that you can't take pride in your achievements when you have them. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be a part of your own celebration. And it doesn't mean you can't... uh, take time to reflect on all the greatness you have achieved and decide on what your next mountain of achievements will be right and I think that's very important that children know this teens know this people in their 20s know this black people in corporate settings understand like take the weights off your back off You know what I'm saying? Like, understand that, yes, we want you to be great, but you too need to self-care. You too need to um, reflect and relax and, and, and enjoy the fruits of your labor. And that's my Black takeaway. And that's, uh, you know, the impact on what this will have overall. Here are our takeaways from today's topic. My ultimate takeaway on being twice as good is it's um, it's in, it, it automatically encourage encourages you because of your blackness, um, but it always reminds you that what you think is your best is not good enough compared to these people. Um, where you live is okay compared to where these people can live. Uh, what you drive is okay compared to the fact that they have multiples of what you drive. Where you work is okay, but you don't own the building. You know, you you don't have five years of, uh, not five years, but five generations of generational money. You're just rich you know you're not wealthy and it's like always this uh reminder in the back of your mind that you're just and I don't want to walk around this uh country in this world feeling like I'm just anything you know I understand the perspective I understand the reality of my money compared to you know a Rockefeller's money and now I understand that But being twice as good has a way of also taking some of your joy, you know, taking some of your, um, your, your pride in the great things that you do. And I think we shouldn't give it so much power as we become adults and as we become parents to have that be like the head seat in the room of let me guide my child so um just think about it 
I don't expect everybody to um, think like I do, but um, be mindful of the bricks that you put on your children in order for them to grow through the U.S. and being black. Um, Be mindful of the uh, nonchalantness that you give your children when they achieve certain things or when they bring home straight A's or when they um, do like the winning hit for the, the team or they threw the winning basket for the team. Honor all of their achievements, big or small, and allow them to celebrate them, big or small. Do not minimize your children in their blackness because the world is already trying to do that. Thank you so much for listening to things they don't want to say, things they don't want to talk about, things they don't want to do. Just a little taste of what we're about to get into because... In this episode, we're going to be talking about the black church and changes within. No disrespect to what anyone believes. This is just a discussion. Now, we see on social media, we see uh, on uh, YouTube, we see in public, we see in different churches what's going on. Has the black church lost its code of ethics? Has uh, the worldly way of thinking invaded the black church so much that it has moved from the word into whatever they want the word to be. And that's the question for this episode. So, Drake, let's get into it. You can find Drake and myself on all the podcast platforms. If you would like to email me, it's at shegetsapod at gmail.com. And if you would like to at Drake, it's at Everything Culture. You can find us on IG, TikTok, X, and Stereo app. Peace.